Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri Basin Conference call. This call is provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, including levy sponsors and emergency managers. Oops. As well as the media, I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be your moderator. This call is recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution Service for media reuse at www.dvidshub.net slash unit slash USACE NWD. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute. To unmute your line to ask a question, press star six. The forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function and do not place the call on hold. We'll have a question and answer session at the end of the call. The agenda is as follows. From the NOAA National Center for Environmental Information, Doug Cluck. From the National Weather Service, Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, Kevin Lau. And from the Missouri River Water Management Division, we have John Remus, Mike Swenson, and Ryan Larson. And with that, I'll hand it over to Doug Cluck. Thanks for the Corps for inviting us to this talk and um, thanks for everybody who's participating. Next slide, please. <clears throat> Hi, um, so temperature and precipitation for the last 90 days, you can see that temperatures on the left, uh, you can see temperatures on the left for the last 90 days have been very warm, especially as you go to the north. Uh, Minnesota's off the charts, record warm uh, for the last 90 days, but the whole basin as a whole has been warmer than normal. On the right, you see precipitation percentages, percent of normal precipitation for the last 90 days since early uh, November, and you see that the lower basin has been relatively wet. Upper basin, pretty darn dry, um, which is very, very reminiscent, and I'm going to say this probably 100 times, of what we expect from an El Nino situation that we're in. Next slide. Now, so um, here we see the last 30 days of temperature on the left, uh, precipitation on the right, and really not a lot of variation in terms of temperature when you average out those 30 days. Why is that? We had really cold air in here, record cold air. Well, because um, we were tempered by relatively warm air. So when you average it out over 30 days, you get these slight swings up and down in terms of temperature, slightly above in the north, slightly below in the north in the south. Um, that's just the way we work in, in climate in the climate world. So yeah, we had record cold temperatures, but we also had awfully warm temperatures to balance that out. On the right, um, <clears throat> you can see the percent of normal precipitation there. Um, those dark blues and purples indicate well above normal. I, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, uh, eastern Colorado, portions of Montana, very relatively wet for basically January into early February, but very dry in North Dakota, uh, most of South Dakota, and portions of Wyoming and uh, uh, Montana. Next slide, please. So up we, what we have here are snow water equivalent maps. Um, the one on the left shows the percent of normal snow water equivalent up in the higher elevations of all of the feeder uh, basins that go into the Missouri Missouri River. Um, 
I've sort of circled in that oval a lot of the areas. And if you look really close, you can see lower numbers as low as 42 and 38, but numbers uh, sort of, as you head to the south, closer to 100%. I think Kevin will talk a little bit more about what that means. The map on the right is what it was a month ago in terms of snow water equivalent in the higher elevations. Let's move on. There's your uh, map of snowpack across uh, the the basin. The basin's that black squiggly line, not the, obviously not the uh, state line, the squiggly line that shows you that where the Missouri basin is. And you can see the snowpack um, is pretty much non-existent all the way up into North Dakota. You get a little bit when you get into Montana. Next slide shows you the snow depth departure from normal. Yellow, orange means well below normal. Blue means above normal. So there's not a lot of above normal uh, snowpack out there in terms of snow depth either. So we're missing Plains snowpack at the moment. Next slide. Um, these, these are soil moisture sort of conditions. Uh, where it's blue on the left, that means above normal. And that's the root zone is, you know, two, three feet down. Um, that's what that's sort of indicating. Uh, you see some dryness in the lower basin. You see some hints of dryness in the upper basin and some blue through the middle uh, of the basin, Nebraska, uh, uh, Central South Dakota and, and, and North Dakota uh, on the left. On the right, you see a different analysis of soil moisture, but for the most part, it reflects similar conditions uh, lower basin, especially to the east, is dry and sort of normal throughout the rest. A little bit, well, a little bit wet here and there. Next slide. Um, this is the outlook for precipitation for the next seven days through the 15th, more or less, through the 15th of uh, uh, February. So where it's white, there's, there's no, nothing in the model saying it's going to precipitate. So we don't expect any precipitation. Where it's really light green, that's virtually nothing. That's up to maybe um, a tenth of an inch. So it's kind of meaningless in a way, uh, unless it's ice and you skid off the road, then it's very meaningful. But for the most part, the Missouri Basin isn't going to be that wet, according to this map, according to the outlooks, uh, over the next seven days. Next slide. Um, this is the week two outlook. So from the 15th to the 24th of February, this is sort of we're trending towards a bit cooler temperatures across most of the basin, near normal, far east. But anyway, below normal temperatures uh, doesn't look like an Arctic push at this moment, but definitely uh, back to normal to slightly below normal in terms of temperatures for that. Uh, we'll call it the third week in February. And um, in terms of precipitation on the right, the probability for above normal precipitation is slightly elevated in the western part of the basin up through Montana, but for the most part, it's only slight. It's, it's not a strong indicator. Whereas California, if you look at that dark green color, that's a pretty good probability of them continuing to be wet uh, into this week or through this week. The lighter shading, the gray is sort of near normal and the browns uh, light browns, whatever you want to call it, is below normal. Next slide. Um, this is looking at February, March, and April combined. What is the overall temperature likely to be or more likely to be? And you'd say above normal. There's a slight leaning towards above normal across our northern part of the Missouri Basin. Um, and equal chances of below near, near normal and above normal in the southern part of the basin or the lower basin. So 
not a strong indication, but I will say this is a very El Nino-esque uh, representation of temperature right there. On the other hand, the precipitation does show this, if you will, tongue of moisture coming up out of the Gulf of Mexico. Again, it's not a strong probability. It's slightly above zero uh, probability of, of, of enhanced precipitation, more or less from southern South Dakota straight south. So we're hoping, some of us are hoping that happens. Um, and uh, the, the, I guess the other concerning thing in this is the below normal uh, um, continuation of below normal um, probabilities for precipitation across uh, the higher elevations of Montana and Northern Rockies. Next slide. Um, the drought status, here it is, uh, the, the, the one off hot off the, uh, uh, off the grill uh, today, this morning. Um, basically shows uh, some widespread um, abnormal drought wherever it's yellow. Some of the problem areas where we continue to see dryness in the lower basin, as well as growing uh, concerns um, in the upper basin, especially in Montana, uh, more drought being uh, depicted in, in that region. Um, there's, there's real concern up there, and I think others are going to talk more about that. Um, on the outlook side, ending April 30th, you can see the upper, you can see Montana um, kind of ringed by a yellow uh, color. That's to indicate that that there will there's likely to be expansion of uh, drought up there, at least in those areas that are colored yellow. The brown meaning, the brown color meaning it's not going to change or it could get worse. And the greens and grays meaning improvement. Um, potential improvement to drought in those regions. Next slide. Um, this is the last slide. And so just, just to reiterate and maybe actually to say something new, we're currently in a strong El Nino. It is weakening. Uh, it's weakening quickly. It will be weakening very quickly and transitioning to more of a neutral status. Um, that means a lot of things to a lot of people. I think the important thing here is that El Nino is going to die so to speak, uh, March, April, that time period, there's a lingering effect of El Nino that'll last maybe into, into spring, late spring. Um, but after that, we're gonna transition into a different sort of realm. And then the models are saying, we're gonna be moving back into a La Nina, which we had for the three years before this El Nino. So um, again, we'll talk more about that as we go along in this series and in other places as well. Plain snowpack is virtually non-existent unless you're in Montana. Mountain snowpack well below normal. Um, the outlook short-term, temperatures are trending below normal. Finally, precipitation chances are slightly above normal, mostly for the western parts of the basin near normal elsewhere. Uh, Longer-term increased chances of above normal temperatures, northern basin equal chances of above below near normal elsewhere. And then precipitation chances are enhanced for Nebraska, Kansas, south, uh, below normal favored for the northernmost Rockies. And we will update all of this stuff on February 15th. Um, and there's the webinar site if you wanna write to me or if, if you can't write that down fast enough, uh, you can always write to me and I can send it to you. So thank you. Thanks, Doug. And we'll move over to Kevin Rao. All righty, thank you, Eileen. And good afternoon, everyone. Um, again, as Doug mentioned, uh, on behalf of the National Weather Service, I wish to thank the Corps for the invite for us to participate in these calls. 
And also, as Doug said, snowpack conditions in the mountains can generally be categorized as being well below normal. Uh, the North and South Platte River headwaters are doing a bit better than the Missouri River headwaters, but uh, snowpack conditions are below normal all across uh, the Missouri River headwaters. By this point in the winter, we've normally accumulated roughly 70% of the seasonal peak snow water equivalent in the mountainous areas. The February water supply forecast developed by the National Weather Service was issued on Monday, just a couple of days ago. And this latest uh, water supply outlook for the period April through September uh, would suggest a below normal mountain runoff year. Again, with the Platte River system faring a bit better than the upper Missouri. Yeah, a widespread but very shallow plain snow cover exists across uh, eastern Montana into western North Dakota. But as Doug said, plain snow pack elsewhere is generally non-existent. River ice has posed some problems uh, in several areas already this season. Uh, the most notable case being the ice jams along the Missouri River uh, due to the mid-January Arctic blast that affected most of the region. Ice jams were reported from just uh, upstream of Sioux City down through the Kansas City reach and the Missouri River at Omaha. That River gauge set an all-time low stage record on the 16th of January, beating out the previous record that was set on Christmas Eve of 2022 by about a tenth of a foot. Ice jams so far this winter have also been reported along the Platte, Loop, Elkhorn, Niobrara, and North Platte Rivers in Nebraska, the Yellowstone, Beaverhead, and Gallatin in Montana, and as of last evening, the White River in South Dakota uh, exceeded flood stage for just uh, a couple of hours before receding due to, a, to an ice jam. And I'm sure there's been uh, a lot more ice jams than what I'm aware of, but uh, any flooding associated with these jams has so far been minor, if at all. With the more recent warmer than normal temperatures, river ice along many of the rivers in the northern plains is beginning to rot in place, and in the southern rivers, um, ice is actually moving out. The absence of plain snow to generate any additional runoff is really a good thing uh, in some ways with regard to um, ice jams as long as we have ice in the rivers. Um, however, the absence of plain snow will also facilitate the ability of the ground to refreeze should we encounter uh, colder temperatures going forward. So bottom line is, as long as we've got ice in the rivers, which we do, freeze up and break up ice jam flooding will continue to be a risk over the next several weeks in the north. In late January, we did experience some minor flooding along four tributaries located in eastern Kansas and central Missouri due to a rain on snow event. And that was the first precipitation driven flooding that we've seen in the basin since Christmas, where we had some uh, minor flooding in the same general area of eastern Kansas and Missouri. Each month, toward the end of the month, our office runs a 90-day river outlook. And our latest three-month outlook was issued in late January, and the results are shown on the graphic on this slide. The 400 forecast locations scattered across the basin are represented by the colored dots. 
Green dots means that no flooding is expected between now and late April. And colored dots, orange, red, or purple, would indicate a, 50, a better than 50-50 chance for flooding at those locations, again, over the next 90 days. And as of this last outlook, again, and this last outlook is a couple of weeks old, uh, we're looking at the probability of flooding primarily in the lower basin, although the James River in South Dakota is also lit up. Risk for, for flooding from now through April is dependent, of course, upon the timing locations of any plains, snow melt, rain on snow events, and rain events. And since this outlook does go through late April, thunderstorm activity will be creeping in toward the lower portion of that outlook period. And springtime flooding um, in the southern portion of the basin, eastern Kansas, state of Iowa, southern Iowa, I mean, uh, across the state of Missouri, southern Iowa, southeast Nebraska, that's all driven by spring convective activity. And so uh, the springtime flooding is typical in the lower basin. And as I mentioned earlier, ice jam flooding does remain a possibility throughout the winter especially in the north and western portions of the basin. And ice jam flood risk is not indicated on the graphic on this slide. We will be issuing our first official spring flood outlook next Thursday. That's the 15th of um, February. And you can access that uh, outlook at the link shown on the bottom left of this slide. Thank you. And this concludes the National Weather Service flood brief. Thanks, Kevin, and I'll move it over to John. Uh, thank you, Eileen. Also, a uh, big thanks to Doug and Kevin uh, for sharing their insights. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System. This is the second of our 2024 monthly stakeholder calls. I will provide some general remarks and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. As always, I want to assure everyone in the basin that the Corps remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses when we can from significant runoff events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly, significantly impacts the timing and amount of water released from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flood event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. We at the Corps of Engineers understand the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and in the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all of the water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner operator's responsibility. Further, we will continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also continue to comply with all laws and the provisions of the 2018 biological opinion. The final 2023-2024 annual operating plan was posted in December. You can find a copy of the AOP on our website. The runoff forecast and projected reservoir releases and pool levels that Ryan Larson and Mike Swinton will be discussing 
are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. Lastly, I want to make everyone aware that we will be conducting our spring public meetings in the Upper Basin the week of March 25th. Uh, I say Upper Basin because due to some logistical limitations, we will be splitting the uh, Upper Basin and Lower Basin into two different weeks. Presently, we are finalizing the exact venue and time menus, but the tentative schedule for the meetings are as follows. On uh, March 26th, we will be holding a public meeting at the Prairie Nice Casino and Resort in Fort Yates, Fort Yates, North Dakota. We'll be in Pierce, South Dakota on the 27th and Poplar, Montana on the 28th. With that, I will conclude my opening remarks and thank you very much. And I'll return the discussion over to Ryan Larson. Ryan. Thanks, John. Next slide, Eileen. The 2024 calendar year runoff forecast for the upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa, which is highlighted in red, is 18.8 million acre feet, or 73% of average. If realized, the 2024 calendar year runoff would be the 27th driest out of 126 years of record. Next slide. The below average runoff forecast for 2024 reflects the current drier than normal soil moisture in northern portions of the basin and most of the lower basin, below average mountain snowpack and below average plain snowpack. As seen on this slide, observed January runoff was below average caused by well below normal temperatures trapping water and ice and below normal precipitation. We are forecasting below average runoff during the high runoff periods of March through April, typically when the plain snowpack melts and May through July, typically when the mountain snowpack melts. Moving to slide 19. These graphics show the departure from normal snow water equivalent, or SWE. SWE is the amount of water contained in the snowpack that would be available for runoff or to replenish soil moisture when the snow melts. The January 9th graphic shows the lack of snowpack in northern portions of the basin, especially eastern South Dakota, North Dakota, and Montana, where differences range from differences from normal range from a negative 0.1 to less than a negative 0.5 inches of SWE. The February 6th graphic shows most of the snowpack present on January 9th has melted, and areas of less than a negative 0.5 inches of SWE deficit have expanded in North Dakota. Moving to slide 20. This graphic provides a status update of the Upper Missouri River Monitoring Network as more stations were completed last year. Installations have increased each year of the project with a total of 170 of the 500 total sites completed and transmitting data. Each station is designed to measure meteorological data, precipitation, snow depth, and soil moisture and temperature at five different depths. Data provided by the stations help improve products such as the no-risk map shown on the previous slide and inform our runoff forecasts. Moving to slide 21. Mountain snowpack is accumulating at a below average rate in both the above Fort Peck and Fort Peck to Garrison reaches. The mountain snowpack in the above Fort Peck reach is 59% of average, shown in the graphic on the left. As of February 6th, the total SWE in the above Fort Peck reach is approximately four inches below the SWE from 2015, which had the lowest peak SWE from the 30-year period of 1991 through 2020. The mountain snowpack in the Fort Peck to Garrison Reach is 65% of average, shown in the graphic on the right. As of February 6th, the SWE in this reach is closely following the SWE from 2001, 
which also had the lowest peak SWE from the 30-year period of 1991 through 2020. It is important to note that close to 65% of the typical accumulation period has elapsed, with mountain snowpack typically peaking in mid-April. In summary, the 2024 calendar year runoff forecast is 18.8 million acre feet, 73% of average. I will now turn it over to Mike to talk about operations. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Gavin's Point releases are currently at 13,000 CFS. Releases are expected to remain at that rate through February, but will be adjusted as needed due to cold weather. Garrison releases are currently at 25,000 CFS. Releases are expected to remain at that rate through February, downstream conditions permitting. Moving on to the monthly simulations or studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely simulation. Information on the other studies is posted on our webpage. Now, uh, looking at slide 23 here, system storage is currently at 53 million acre feet, 3.1 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. Moving on to the next slide, and looking at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 4.2, 0.9 and 6.7 feet below the base of their respective flood control zones. Reservoirs will start this year's runoff season approximately three to five feet below the base of their flood pools. Moving on to slide 25, and discussing the navigation service level and season length, the service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. Navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is typically based on the March 15th system storage. Under the basic simulation, we would be providing flow support at a level about 1500 CFS below full service for the first part of the navigation season. For that level of service on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 29,000 to 33,000 CFS. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would be reduced to approximately 3,500 CFS below full service after the July 1st storage check. There would be a normal eight-month navigation flow support season. Uh, next slide. The studies also include test flows from Fort Peck Dam. The test flows would assess the potential benefits of alternative management scenarios for the pallid sturgeon. One of the criteria for running the test flows is for the reservoir to be above elevation 2227 which is two feet above the spillway crest. As shown on the earlier slide, Fort Peck is currently near elevation 2230. There will be two pulse periods with flow targets at Wolf Point, Montana. The target flows at Wolf Point will be similar to observed flows in some recent years. The water moved from Fort Peck would be captured in garrison 
the releases from Gavin's Point are unaffected by this operation. Uh, moving on to slide uh, 27, energy generation at the main stem dams under the basic stimulation is 8.6 billion kilowatt hours. A long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. And the next slide is, is the last one here, uh, which shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown at the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is update, updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. That concludes my comments. I'll turn it back to you, Eileen. Thank you, Mike. And um, next up, we've got Chuck McWilliams from the Omaha District. Chuck? You bet. Uh, thanks, Eileen. And, uh, and, and I'm Chuck McWilliams, and I serve in the Operations Division of the Omaha District of the Corps of Engineers as the Drought Response Coordinator. Now, here's an overview of the historical impacts of drought on the Upper Missouri River Basin, along with a quick update of the work that the team completed over the past couple of years. Now, this first slide highlights that, particularly during extreme drought years, the Omaha District has assisted Missouri Basin tribes, states, and stakeholders helping them mitigate drought impacts in areas such as recreation access, boating safety, land management, cultural resource exposure, water supply, and natural resources, among others. Now, going to our next slide, this slide illustrates that the bulk of the work executed in 2022 and early 2023 was focused on several boat ramps along the upper main stem reservoirs to ensure that low water access remained at those locations. Silt removal, and restoration or enhancement of temporary roads, such as gravel placement, those were key elements of these actions in the picture in the bottom right, taken from Walker Bottoms Recreation Area. This gives an idea of the work involved. At Fort Yates Recreation Area, pictured toward the bottom left of the slide, our team also installed a temporary boat ramp extension due to low water conditions. Similar access work was performed in Lake along Lake Sac at Deepwater Bay Recreation Area, pictured in the upper left, and Government Bay Recreation Area in the upper right. Now, going forward, we'll continue to monitor for the reemergence of drought impacts through our enhanced coordination with interagency federal, state, and tribal partners. And while the Corps is not authorized by Congress to perform operation and maintenance activities on water intakes, we may provide technical assistance to a local community facing an emergency as a supplement to state and local efforts. Thanks again for your time. Eileen? Thanks, Chuck. And um, I know we have Mike Doolin on the call. Did you have any updates to provide, Mike? Oh, double muted, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just saying on the on the levee rehab front, we're looking pretty good. Uh, level of protection uh, has been restored to all the levees in our program down here since last year. Um, and we're wrapping up final repairs on the last two remaining projects. Uh, that should be done uh, this spring. One of them is a small construction mod uh, that we're working on down in Warren County, uh, and the other is a federal levy that we're trying to wrap up with uh, just downstream of Brunswick, Missouri. So Perfect. that's all Thank I've got you for so you. Much, yep. Mike. Great. And then for everyone's uh, heads up, the next call will be on March 7th, also at 1 p.m. And then this slide provides the names, names of our speakers as well as their contact information for those of you in the media. And 
we will now move to the question and answer session. If you have questions, remember to press star six to unmute your phone and uh, state the name of your organization in your name um, before asking your question. We've got 85 callers on the line, so I'll just go down the list in alphabetical order by state and whether you're media or a representative, um, feel free to ask a question when your state is called. Starting with the state of Iowa. Uh, Wes Fopma here from uh, Congressman Feenster's office. Uh, just curious on if there was going to be any uh, uh, work done on the Missouri River in between Omaha and Sioux City uh, in the next year uh, or two, as far as channel, uh, that uh, flood control, that kind of thing. I don't think we have anybody on from the uh, Missouri River Project Office. Uh, they are conducting uh, maintenance activities for the uh, bank stabilization navigation project, but I couldn't give you any specifics on that. Uh, as far as flood control, I, I'm not aware of any flood control uh, projects that are uh, being anticipated in that reach. Very good. Yep. And if you'll send me an email, I can forward your question to the Missouri River Project Office. I'm the first name here on the list, Eileen Williamson. You've probably got the invite from me as well. So Thanks, I Eileen. can take care of that for you. Yep. Uh, anyone else? State of Iowa. Okay. Kansas. Missouri, again, star six to come off mute. Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota. South Dakota. Zach Nelson, KCCR Peer. Go ahead, Zach. Uh, question for Kevin. Uh, you mentioned some brief ice jam flooding on the White River. Could you uh, tell me when that was and where that was? Thank you. Sure. Uh, this is Kevin. Thanks for that question. Yeah, it happened uh, last evening. I don't know if there's really any flooding or not. It was the Okoma gauge. And the Okoma gauge went above minor flood stage for just a matter of a few hours last uh Overnight, I believe it was. Very good. Thank you. Yep. You bet. Thank you. Uh, anyone else? South Dakota? Okay. And Wyoming. All right. With that, I'll let John uh, close the call and we'll talk to you all in March. Uh, thank John. you, Arlene. Again, I'd like to thank everybody for joining us this afternoon. Uh, as we move through uh, the rest of the winter into the spring, I encourage everyone to monitor our website for information on releases and pool levels and to uh, uh, look at the National Weather Service's uh, River Forecast Center site for uh, forecasted river stages. Uh, I'll offer one last chance for questions before we end the meeting. Uh, going once. Twice. I guess we'll end the call here. Thank you all for joining us. John, that concludes today's call. <laughs>